Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Uh, Bring the energy! It's happening. Get it, get it, get it, get it! Run for your lives. It's time. For MP on the mic. Cunning, capable, agile, flexible. It gets me pumped and it gets me going. Michael Phillips is... Let's go! MP on the mic. Wednesday morning, what's up? Michael Phillips here, MP on the mic. Glad to be hanging out with you until 12 o'clock today. AWOD's back from Fairfax. VCU puts one in the win column last night. Uh, look, they, you're not going to hang that in the Louvre. You're not going to hang that on a refrigerator. But you needed it. You needed the dub. Very important win for VCU at 10-15. We'll play you some post-game reaction from Fairfax. Uh, a little rivalry win over Mason, we'll dive into that later in the show. Mike Sveditz joins us from Front Page Bets. It's Hotel Pin Trivia Day today, as it is uh, a Wednesday. We will give out, uh, this is pretty exciting. We've got a pack of Fleer baseball cards from 1983. Uh, we'll give out to the Hotel Pin Trivia winner today. That'll be in the 1030 block. Uh, I've also got thoughts, I don't know if you saw this report over the weekend, that VCU and the city are now uh, holding off on the city purchasing Sports Backers Stadium. They're deferring money so that they can put it towards completing the diamond. Uh, an interesting local story. That The story that won't go away. We could probably dig up like clips from the 1990s of, of 910 The Fan hosts complaining about the stadium situation, baseball stadium situation in Richmond. Uh, did you see? It's it's a dry January. Happy dry January, JC. I don't observe, but uh, I understand a lot of people do. <laughs> uh, you, you, I, I respect you if you do it. Uh, I respect you if you don't do it. Uh, apparently, there's a new concept called damp January, uh, which, <laughs> oh, which is where you go halfway. I don't respect that. Uh, da- okay, damp, so not... It's so not, not dry. soaking wet, but we're not dry either. Yeah, if you so. get, if, I respect doing it, and I respect not doing it. I don't respect like only when it's convenient for me. That's not that's not how you get after something. Uh, no. But White Claw's on the scene. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, White no, Claw has happening? released a non-alcoholic hard seltzer. That's just a seltzer. <laughs> White Claw. That's no. just a seltzer. No, no, this is the product. White out White Claw non-alcoholic <laughs> hard seltzer. The full flavor White Claw. With no alcohol. That's like selling sugar-free unsweet tea. <laughs> we- it's uh, it's non-alcoholic <laughs> hard seltzer. No, they, it's it's a brand new product. It's it's yeah. totally uncomparable to anything else on the market. Wait until the people at Lacroix find out about this. I was about to say, isn't that just a uh, how how do we actually you know? Because if you how say Lacroix, someone's going to correct you and be like, it's Lacroix. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to say croissant. In Lacroix, I got people on my back on that. I think I'm a. If you need me, I'll be over here chugging non-alcoholic White Claws. <laughs> well, you know, I really love White Claws. I just wish they made it without the booze. That's a product. That's a market hole that that has not existed for some time now. We're there. Do you actually like White Claws though? No. Yeah, but but I'm, not, uh, I'm out on White Claws myself. I don't like seltzer waters, period. So I'm, I'm, I'm not a big fan of seltzer I'm either. Not, I'm not the target market here. That's where it starts, too. I want to know who is, is the target market here, though. I so, don't, don't want to say. 
I mean, I, I would love a nice seltzer water. I just, I'm tired of all the booze they put in it. If only there were a way. Yeah. If only I mean, somebody I could answer this Yeah, problem. I would say it's college girls, but it's it's college everybody. It no, seems, no, no, no. Co- college about kids, the seltzer. College kids don't do dry January. Oh, no, I'm talking about White Claw. Oh, what's of the market for White Claw? they're not doing dry January. Oh, just anybody at a beach. Any, yeah, anybody hanging out. Anybody who, at a beach. Anybody yeah. that thinks they look really good. Sure. At any given time. Absolutely. We'll probably be seen drinking a Truly or a White Claw. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, non-alcoholic now available. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> that's the silliest thing And a I've blind ever. taste test. A lot of people uh, confused it with Kroger brand seltzer water. I'm going to uh, find more analogies <laughs> other than sugar-free unsweet tea. There you go. The redundancy of that. Um, yeah. I think I'm going damp. I think I'm going damp in January. Don't, don't respect it. No. Sorry. Can't do it. Wait, what is damp if not just living your life? Well, that's you don't that's need a name what for I'm living saying. your life. Just go live your life. There's no game plan. I just you know I have one or two when I when I like and no I don't you know. Sometimes I go a week without it. Who cares? There you go. He's <laughs> uh, he's JC. I'm MP. Uh, we'll dive into VCU here in about ten minutes on nine ten. The fan. The the news yesterday from pro football though. Mike Vrabel coming available as the Tennessee Titans coach. Uh, he instantly becomes the star of the cycle. Now, there's also these reports that Bill Belichick wants to stay in New England, and that that continues to be an ongoing thing. I I think you got to kick the tires on Vrabel in D.C. if he truly is available. I don't think Kraft is going to botch this, though. Vrabel's clearly, in my opinion, the best candidate to be the Patriots coach. If, you, if you're not going to get Jim Harbaugh, right? Har- Harbaugh's the number one in this cycle. We can just say it. Look, he'll be a disaster. Everybody will hate him, and you'll win a Super Bowl. Um, There's there no shame in just calling that what it is. He's an abrasive personality who will win a Super Bowl for, for your football team. Uh, I think that makes him number one. I do. I, I think he's number one on the board. Uh, I think there's very few teams that can say, we're, we're not prepared to deal with that, right? Steelers, Packers, you know, your, your perennial contender teams. Obviously, the Cowboys won't hire him because Jerry Jones would never sign off on, on somebody being above him in the building. Anybody else has got to kick the tires on that. But I, I got to think Vrabel's headed straight to the Patriots. That would, uh, that would surprise me if that ends. And it would surprise me if the Patriots, right, the Belichick thing was always cut a guy a year too early, not a year too late. Uh, you've got Vrabel sitting on the market. That if that doesn't nudge you towards movement on getting on getting rid of Belichick, I think that's the answer. Because the fan base is going to be excited about that. You you can go. It's a little bit like going Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck, right? You go one good coach to another good coach. You load up and you're ready to go. The Commanders don't have that luxury, but the Commanders do have owner Josh Harris, who uh, I put in the Washington Times this morning uh, is entertaining. Potential general managers at his $32 million Miami Beach mansion. Now, I will say this. $32 million doesn't go as far in Miami Beach as it does in Richmond. So, Josh, if you're listening, I noticed your home, your $32 million mansion in Miami Beach only has a half-court basketball court uh, and only nine bedrooms. I think you could do better in the <laughs> Richmond market. We'll, we'll, find, we'll find an agent. We'll get you hooked up. Uh, I think you could do better than that in the Richmond market. Where where do you think we'd land? River put, Road, right? I I'd mean, put him on the James River. Clearly, you know, he, he wants he doesn't even have a beach view from his thirty two million dollar uh, Miami Beach mansion. It's on the rubbish. side. It's on the side of the island that faces inland to Miami. Now he's on the water. He's he's got a boat dock right there in his backyard. Okay, so I mean, I, we, we got a need, little slip. We would need to get him that on the James, obviously. Yeah, um, but I I think he could uh, he could potentially handle these interviews here in a much nicer place. Uh, Adam Peters, the big name, he's the San Francisco 49ers assistant general manager. He's the prize in this cycle. Turned down some jobs in the last one. Met last night uh, with the Commanders brass. Uh, they're going to continue their interviews today, bring in more people. Uh, but he he was kind of considered the favorite out of the gate. And the fact that he flew from San Francisco to Miami yesterday to meet with the commander's brass, you'd certainly interpret that as a good sign. We'll dive into a little more commanders later. I'll ask the question of the day. Uh, if you could only be guaranteed of getting one of the three hires right, which one would you pick? Would you pick the general manager, the coach, or the quarterback with the number two overall draft selection.
Uh, you, you're not. It's not like the other two will flame out. But if if you could only be guaranteed of getting one of those three right, which one would it be? The the general manager who picks the players, sets the culture, uh, the head coach, uh, of course, who coaches the team on game days, or the quarterback who is arguably the most important position in sports. Think on that. Uh, I will give you my answer later in the program. We'll dive into where we are in the cycle. Uh, I do think that the Titans job coming open obviously is one more competition for the commanders. I don't think that's a better job. And I certainly don't think that's a better job in the sense that it's the kind of place that would fire Mike Vrabel. Right. I understand there were internal, uh, you know, head buttings and things of that nature, but I, I overall, uh, I got to say, you don't want to work for an owner that's going to fire Mike Vrabel. Uh, you, you'll have resources there, and that's a winnable division. Uh, I don't know that that raise, rises itself to the top of the job listings. But look, we got a VCU win to celebrate. My guy George is already on my butt here uh, for not being proud enough of the win. Uh, look, I'm going to celebrate the win. A lot of good <laughs> things happen, but we're going to have an honest discussion about where we're at here because, uh, you know, it, it wasn't. It wasn't all roses last night, but it was a win over a rival in Fairfax. There were good things that happened. It's really good to be talking on a VCU victory morning here. Uh, That's certainly the big takeaway. We'll dive into the game. We'll dive into everything else going on in the world of sports. Uh, We'll give away some prizes. We'll talk to Mike Svenitz. It's a loaded Wednesday show. We're off and running. You're listening to 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM. Baraka Okoji into the front court, guarded by Baristow. Straight line drive for Porhoji. He falls down, picked up by Shulga on the turnover as he lost the handle. Okoji was driving the baseline, and he just slipped and fell. Whoops. And VCU's got the basketball back with 2.3 seconds. VCU 54, George Mason. 50, the Rams are on the board. You heard the call right here on 910, the fan. Robbie and Rodney making things happen up there. Awad was up there. We'll get his take on the game later. Lots to dig into here from the VCU game. Uh, Before we do executive decision, we're moving trivia to 1130. Uh, Trivia at 1130 today. I'm in charge. I get to do that. I'm the captain now. Uh, We are moving trivia to 1130. So that's when trivia will happen today. Just so you know. Uh, Michael Bell, 20 minutes last night. Uh, that that was obviously way up from the three he had the other day. His defensive presence, very much noted. Uh, hit the three early, which was great to see. Struggled from the field after that. Uh, Kwani, 18 minutes. The, the, the distribution of minutes here is basically what I want to go into. I'm not just going to read everybody's minutes. But Jason Nelson gets the bump. He's in there for 18 minutes. Bell's in there for 20 minutes. It was... A more defensive-oriented lineup. Bamisil down to 11 minutes. He's your offense right now. Bearstow and Shulga, 34 minutes, as they as it always has been, as it always will be. Uh, I think as long as those guys are playing for Odom, they're the ones he trusts. Uh, regardless of what's happening out there, they're going to get 34 minutes every night. But for everybody else, it's clear they're still pulling the levers, right? Two offensive games in a row, two offensive battles. Now one defensive slugfest. He he pulled the lever the other way. Michael Bell's defense very much noted. I think I think Jason Nelson was stout defensively last night. When you do that, you give up some offense, and we saw them give up some offense last night. It wasn't the crisp shooting night uh, we were used to, the fast break offense we were used to. Now, I here's here's my take, and right, I I, I don't I don't want to diminish the win. The win is great, but George Mason. 0 for 15 from behind the arc. And they got some good looks. They just were ice cold and could never get warm. If Mason hits a couple of those and they had good looks in the final three minutes, this is obviously a completely different game and and one where VCU potentially falls to 0-3 in conference play. This isn't a rest on your laurels win. This is a scrappy win that should be celebrated. They clamp down against a rival up there in Fairfax. Uh, a lot to be proud of there, but Michael Bell's offense wasn't wasn't as good as Joe Bamisil's offense is. You notice that, right? And you hate to think we're going to have to just pick which way we want games to go from here on out, offense or defense. Uh, I'm I'm greedy. I want it all. I want it all. And from a coaching standpoint, you always say 
you can coach them easier after a loss than after a win. I think this is a pretty coachable win. Uh, I think they've got a lot to look at on the offensive side of the floor. Um, the defense was back, and this was the defense I saw. And I, what was their rank? Yeah, it was about 100 in the Ken Palm. Their defense was about 100 in the Ken Palm before uh, Shulgun Berstow came back. That's out of 300 teams. That's not great. That's not bad. That That's slightly above average, uh, which I thought they were. I thought they were good defensively in the early part of the season. Their offense has taken off. Their defense had had regressed. He, he pulled it the other way last night. Ryan Odom pulled him back towards the defensive end, towards those great defensive plays you're used to. Uh, 11 turnovers by George Mason, 12 points off of them for VCU. It was a game with no no runs. No Nobody had a run to uh, you know get a big lead or put it away. It, it, they just threw rocks at each other for two straight hours up there in Fairfax. And I love seeing Michael Bell get, get his minutes. I love seeing him... Being so stout defensively, Jason Nelson obviously loves seeing him and his ball handling and his ability to disrupt in there. But I, I don't know that you can make uh, conclusions here that this is definitively the way to go, right? Couple things go differently against the Bonnies. You say, all right, this team's identity is offensive. Couple shots go in for Mason last night. You say, this team's identity isn't defensive. I, I would caution against saying this is only a defensive team because they because they won this game. I think there's still a lot to figure out here along the way. I loved double team and Hall every time he touched it, and I loved, 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 loved that they double teamed him with the game on the line. A lot of teams go away from what they do best. We talk about that so often in the NFL. A lot of teams, it's late in the game. You go to that prevent defense. You go away from what you do well. You stop blitzing. You stop being yourself. I love that they kept the double team on as soon as he touched the ball late in the game. Do what you do best. Keep doing it. I, I love that call from Ryan Odom. And then they get the open three, but they can't hit it. Uh, fantastic win for VCU to finally get on the board here in A-10 play. Uh, Zeb Jackson talked with Rodney and Robbie after the game. JC, this is clip number two. Uh, Zeb Jackson talking after the game about just the, the lineups remain in flux and, and where they go from here. It was a huge it was a huge conversation, especially when we got Joe and Sean back because um, we wanted to make sure everybody understood like there's gonna be sacrifices. We have two really good players coming back. Um, and yeah, it's just about just just not being self centered and we understand no one's selfish on the team, but just not being self centered and worrying about yourself and just doing what it takes to win. Got a big stop twice down the stretch. You know, mm-hmm. first it was the Okagi falling down. I guess first it was the Hall who got the ball knocked out, and then Okagi who falls down. How mm-hmm. important is it for you guys to gain confidence in your defense when hey, you got to get a stop, and you look them in the eye and you get the stop? Uh, I, that uh, it, it felt amazing. That's exactly what we did. I mean, that was a huge stop by Jay Nell um, on Hall, uh, mm-hmm. and then Sean just standing between uh, Okagi and the rim at the end was was big time. And one thing we talked about in the huddle before we went out was how. Um, what a better way to, to, to end the game yeah. other than with a, a defensive stop, which we've been emphasizing. So we got two of them, and it feels good. Love hearing Zeb Jackson on Rams Radio. You heard it right here on 910 The Fan last night, live from Fairfax. Uh, he, he said it right in that first answer. We had a big conversation, a huge conversation, he said, when we got Joe and Sean back. We wanted to make sure everybody understood there's got to be sacrifices. We've got some really good players coming back, right? That's And you, you saw the social media rumblings, right, from, from Jason Nelson's dad, and, and parents are always going to look out for their kids, right? But the important thing is that core, that team, understands there aren't – there's only 200 minutes. There aren't more than 200 minutes now that Bearstow is back, now that Bamisil is eligible to play. Those those forty minutes, uh, you know, Bearstow played thirty four, Bamisil played eleven. Those those fifty minutes have to come from somewhere. Somebody's going to have to lose that time, and I I think you're seeing guys settle into okay. I can play twenty impactful minutes. I can play you know ten impactful minutes and make a difference for this team. Uh, and you know, Bamisil's shot wasn't going. He he was zero for three behind the arc last night. But if, if he's only going to be a 20-minute-a-game guy, they're going to need points in those 20 minutes. What I don't know is, can you can you get it going both ways? Can you get the defense going and get the offense going? That's what I want to see going forward, right? The defense was rolling last night. They were disrupting Mason. I loved the double team. I loved the way they were proactive in getting after it. But the offense wasn't. And, and Michael Bell was a part of that. It was great to see him hit the three. 
but he he was not as strong as it would have been if you had gone with other lineups on the offensive side. I was I was Awan and I were talking about this yesterday. It's hard to talk about lineups because it really isn't a straight one for one here, right? In a normal line, you'd be like, you take a guard out, that means you put a guard in. We've seen so many different looks from these guys. You know, Furman comes out doesn't mean Toby has to come in by any stretch. Uh, we've seen so many different looks from the Rams this year. Uh, I think that's really one of the things that's been mo- most exciting to me and maybe mo- most frustrating to me is the, the all the different ways they have to align it, but it does still feel like they haven't found the right one. It feels like they haven't found that one that's going to get you over the hump, that's going to get you rolling an A-10 play. Um, but what I do know is uh, you needed a win last night. You couldn't go to 0-3 in conference play, and, and they come out of Fairfax with the win, a road win in the A-10 in a league with a ton of parity this year uh, is worth its weight in gold, no question. LaSalle this weekend, a chance to keep it rolling before they come back for a Friday night or next week at the Stew against St. Louis. That's going to be a fun game. That place is going to be buzzing uh, next Friday night. Chance to come back with a little bit of momentum, uh, maybe find themselves on the road a little bit. All right, we're going to step aside on the other side. A uh, little commanders talk with our guy Howard Gutman. The gut check is the show. It's our pr- it's our post game show. It's not anymore. The commander season's over. We had a chance to talk uh, the other day after the game. We're going to replay that back for you. He's got a ton of thoughts about where they should go on general manager coaching, all those things. Off and running. It's a Wednesday morning. Love having you on board with us. It's nine ten. The fan now one zero five one FM. Back at it on a Wednesday, 10.49 a.m. Mike Svenitz, front page bets, joins us top of the hour. Tons of NFL action this weekend. Super wild card weekend. Super means they let in two teams that shouldn't be there, and you'll have to watch them play additional games. That is how super wild card weekend works. Uh, one of the games is on Peacock. We haven't gotten to that yet. That's that's all anybody's talking. They, I don't even want to talk about it because they're getting a trillion dollars worth of advertising. Out of right. people saying Peacock all right. week long. Can you believe it's on Peacock? Mm-hmm. That's 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 the What's end. Peacock? And uh-huh. then that perpetuates it. There uh, you go. Little news out of Chicago. Offensive coordinator Luke Getzey's out, but they are going to keep Coach Matt Eberflus. That means the Bears' job is not coming open this year, but there will be a new offensive coordinator. Uh, they have pick 1-1. One, one. Will they use it on a quarterback? Will they stick with Justin Fields? Uh, that's the big question. I, I think you gotta you gotta reset the clock if you if you're resetting your coaching staff. We'll see which way they go though, or if they're open open to trading. I, I think there's a lot lot of talking between now and then. It's talking season. Uh, a lot of talking between now now and draft day when the card comes in. Uh, will the Bears keep the pick? Would they be open to trading it? Would the Commanders be open to sliding into that spot if they uh, so desire? Uh, but right now, it's uh, the part of the show where JC comes off the board and onto the mic. JC, what is up? Happy Wednesday. Hey, big windy day. Wednesday. Big day at Odyssey. Like uh, The Norfolk office is here. Um, yeah. It's, it's a packed house. Ton, tons of energy. Tons of buzz. I'm a little buzzed. Uh, we had, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, we're not going to name, she, she's not thrilled about it, so we're not going to name numbers or names, but somebody here is having a birthday who's very important. Uh, and and was just we just toasted and celebrated. Downstairs. That was a smart move. Um, so that's all. Don't name names or numbers. But, but you have brought us. Uh, <laughs> Richmond Magazine has put out their annual list of the best restaurants in Richmond. That's right. Uh, this was at the, you're uh, a food guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. This was at the end of December. So the, the year end list. Yeah. Not nothing. Just wrapped it up. Surely no restaurants have opened in the ten days since January first, or at least restaurants of note. Uh, um, for the you don't become a great restaurant in ten days. No, so I'm gonna sta- I'm gonna the, stand uh, by the list here. That's the test I didn't make right the there. list, but uh, you've uh, you, you're gonna guide us through this. You're gonna you're gonna pull out your favorites. What's your uh, what's your what's your game plan here? Uh, I was kind of just trying to source my favorites from this list because I know uh, you could probably guess our, a lot of this list if, 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 if you've been in Richmond for a while. Yeah, exactly. It's mm. not, it's not a uh, it's a no brainer that Pearlies is on the list. Stella's is on the list. Uh, ZZQ, of course, is on the list. That's right. Um, the Roosevelt's on the list. La Possum's on the list. Uh, La Mer's on the list. Leja, uh, Metzger. All, all the the headliners are on the list, obviously. That's right. That's uh, right. And, I mean... I saw a, a Blue Atlas is on the list. Uh, I went yes. there this year out in Church Hill. Great outdoor space. 
Okay. Um, I think the Churchill people would tell you that neighborhood's called something else. I call it Churchill because it's it's east of downtown. They might is it like Fulton or something. The neighborhood blue blue atlas is in. Yeah, they they call it like Fulton or something. I but. think I think you're right. That's on the Fulton side. Great of things. Great. Um, big shout out to Edo's Squid. Sure, that's a classic. Absolutely, um, big classic staple in the city. I like to pick a a sweet spot though. You know. Not a lot of dessert places on Not the list. Not a lot okay. of dessert places on the list. So I wanted to. Sh- I wanted your personal shout out. What's your favorite? What's your favorite place that makes sweets here in the city? Because we have a lot. Okay. Um. Can I go off board? Shagbark's on the list. Um. So if I because I don't I don't have dessert when I dine out. I'm not. I okay. don't. I, I just, and sometimes I don't have an entree. Right. That, that's my secret to living right. Sometimes I'll just load up on apps. Just a big old app. Call guy. it a day. Uh, I've been known to do that. Stella's man, the octopus, that, that's my, yeah. I don't care. The pastas are great. The octopus is the number one at Stella's. You're uh, an octopus eater. At Stella's. No at way. Stella's. No way. You heard it here first. I, uh, I wouldn't have pegged you for, for a guy that would eat. Like Conejo's on the list, uh, the Mexican place. place. Mm. You give me chips and salsa, I'm not making it to dessert. That's sure. not that's not in play for me. I don't have that kind of restraint. And uh, the white sh- sauce. Shagbark <laughs> is on the list at, at Libby Mill off of Staples Mill Road. Your thoughts. Um, they have an eggnog in the holiday season called Shagnog. All uh, right. That makes a delightful dessert beverage. I am on board with Shagnog. That sounds delicious. All right. You going to pick a dessert for us here? Um, I'm a huge fan of Sub Rosa. Sure. I'm, I'm going to shoot out Sub Rosa. The croissants, the breads. Like, yeah. Again, from being a, a Churchill regular. Sure. And my savory spot. <clears throat> Goodness gracious. Here no, don't, we go, don't, don't get too choked up. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's a very emotional subject. The savory spot on my list um, would probably be uh, Grisette. Again, being a former Churchill resident. That, that is a, a very Churchill heavy list there. Yeah. I, I respect that. But Churchill's got it going right now. Sure. Ro- Roosevelt's better than it's ever been. Yes. Uh, that's It's a good place to be, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, you know I'm always taking ZZQ on this. On In any list that has ZZQ, I'm not hesitating. Uh, it's, nev- it's never a bad choice. The mind. Stella's guy has Little Nickel in our neighborhood, and that's that the nachos plate at Little Nickel. That's right. That's, Shout out to Johnny. Uh, Johnny's, Johnny's nachos over at Little Nickel, uh, num- my number one savory mm. dish in mm. town. Very I don't see stuff. Peter Chang's on the list. That feels like a bit of an omission. Uh, maybe maybe we just take him for granted now. He's been doing this for a while. I th- Peter Chang's so. still rolling at a high level. Yeah, and I I also didn't see Mekong, and that is that is shout out to Mama Cindy, JC's mom, her favorite Richmond restaurant, there far you. and away. There you go. Uh, the answer brew pub in the back check it out if you have not few places i haven't been lost letter haven't been there yet that's the long oven people that's their new concept okay uh maybe maybe we'll try that get a field trip field, field trip get back <laughs> and is it adara or adara adara that's the the basque i cooking. believe it's adara i i'm not an anchovies guy that's uh that's what's scaring me away there Little i'll, I'll do octopus fishies. all day but uh the anchovies aren't for me. Yeah, the little salty fishy scare you. I don't blame you. Yeah, that's it's it's a good list though. It's a it's a high quality list. Uh, I, and we, I, we didn't we didn't talk about La Possum, which is I think yes, still the, the reigning understood number one. Yes, in Richmond. As right? far as I'm aware, has anybody dethroned them? N- as far as I'm aware, no. And Your I still have the polls more than so me. Yeah. Okay, I've, it's the number one on my list. Got to make it down there. My my one my one bone to pick at Conejo, if I have time to pick the bone, I think yeah. I do. Oh yeah, They're, the the chips and it's fancy Mexican, so the chips and salsa aren't free. That always gets me. Uh, right. Like no other right. restaurant, no other cuisine in the world. Do you walk in and you're like give me a free appetizer that will fill me up and, and make me not need to eat food here today? You're not expecting it anywhere else. But, but at a Mexican restaurant, you do. But but they're it's so good. It's oh, really man. good. We yeah. had a good Mexican place in New York uh, when we were up there a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was fantastic. It, kind of the same thing, the artisanal corns and tortillas. Homemade and salsa. T- really took it up to an, an, another level. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Uh, we got to step aside. Mike Svedits on the other side of the break. Front page bets breaking down the weekend's action. At 1130, we're doing trivia. We're giving away this uh, uh, this pack of 1983 Fleer baseball cards and hotel pin trivia, so I'm fired up for that. Lots more from VCU from Fairfax last night. Uh, you heard it right here on the fan. VCU gets their first A-10 win. we got tons more post-game reaction. You'll hear from Zeb Jackson. You'll hear from Ryan Odom. You'll hear Rodney and Rodney on the call. 
uh, and more and more fun. Whatever fun we come up with. I'm out of time. It's 910 The Fan at 105.1 FM. Now, nah, this is always going to take me back to that uh, Super Bowl halftime a couple of years ago with uh, Dre and Snoop and uh, Kendrick Lamar came out and 50, all them. Yeah, that was uh, legendary. Gold standard of Super Bowl halftimes there. We got Usher this year. I think Usher's going to be. Uh, re- sure. I think people are sleeping on how good Usher's going to be. Like, it's one of those you're like, I don't I don't know. Is he famous enough? Like, I think by the sixth song where you're like, oh, I know that one. That's a banger. You're going to be like, oh, yeah. Usher is famous enough to do this. I remember when he was actually hot. Yeah. I mean, he was. He didn't have like a moment, though. He he had more of just kind of a slow burn. He's, I, he's, I just, for me, he's been not like relevant forever, but you, there was never a point where you couldn't mention Usher in someone's at least like, you oh, know, I know, yeah, with uh, Lil John. You never haven't known about Usher. Uh, I am holding a pack of Fleer baseball cards from 1983. Uh, these are officially licensed by Major League Baseball. You'll get uh, 15 cards and one sticker. Um, we're not being paid by the Fleer Corporation here. It's just what we've got. That's today's swag. This is a free plug. Uh, as you know, ho- hotel pin trivia winners always receive a pin from a hotel I have stayed at while covering football over the last couple decades. That's right. Uh, you'll also get the pack of cards. So it's always exciting to play trivia with the listeners on Wednesday, Josh. Uh, we even have a sounder talking about how important it is. We sure and do. Perhaps we should play that. It's time to compete for the most prestigious prize in local radio. If you want to play, call in now at 833-804-0910. It's time for Hotel Pen Trivia with MP on the mic. Yes, sir. I'll give the question. You call in with the answer. If you call in with the correct answer, JC on the board will take your information. We'll mail you a prize. No charge, no obligation. Call that's, me. That's how the show works. Uh, the Chiefs and the Dolphins are in the playoffs this weekend, and it is going to be the coldest game in the history of Arrowhead Stadium, uh, which is a cold place, Kansas City. I can say that. I'm, I'm from there. Uh, it gets cold there. Negative 14 by the end of the game Burr. is what we're looking at right now. That's cold. That is cold, uh, especially if you're the Miami Dolphins, uh, and they're not they're not used to that. Now, I, I don't like everybody's like, oh, that's a huge advantage for the Chiefs. Like the Chiefs don't train in negative 14; they train indoors at a facility. Like they're gonna be cold too. Right. No, oh, man, the Dolphins guys are going to be cold. Like, well, the Chiefs players are also going to be cold. Right. It's just cold outside. Playing field's already level. The refs are probably also <laughs> going to be cold. I could see a scenario where the fans are cold, mm-hmm. uh, depending on whether or not they're observing dry January or not. Uh, that, that can help in a situation like this. It might need to be a very damp January for some of them. Uh, today's question, though, the Chiefs and the Dolphins met in a very famous playoff game in 1971. Not a playoff game, I'm sorry. Very famous game on 1971, Christmas Day, and it set what NFL record that still stands today? AFC Divisional game, Christmas Day, 1971, uh, Chiefs and the Dolphins set what NFL record that still stands today? If you know the answer, 833 804 Zero nine ten. We're we're cranking up the difficulty level here, JC, right. because we've had a lot of lot of easy wins the last few weeks. And we and, can't uh, just keep giving these away. It's guys. time to stop the easy wins. You got to dig deep here. Chiefs Dolphins Christmas Day, nineteen seventy one. Uh, that game set what record that stands to this we've day? Our guy Willie Lanier, uh, one of the most famous Richmond athletes of all time, was actually in that game. For the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the Dolphins, of course, went on to have a perfect season in 1972. So good things happened for them after that game as well. This weekend will be a little bit different, obviously. You've got Mahomes. You've got Tua. The Chiefs aren't themselves. Uh, if Pacheco's healthy, though, I don't know that you trust the Dolphins in a big spot right now uh, to win that game. Uh, Chiefs right now, one of the one of the smaller favorites of the weekend. Four-point favorites. Uh, also Saturday, you got Browns, Texans. I love all is right with the world. The Houston Texans are playing playoff football on Saturday afternoon. That's kind of that is their designated time slot in life. The Colts are the Texans opening up the playoffs on a Saturday afternoon. You just set your watch by that every year. It's back. 
The AFC South opening the playoffs on a Saturday afternoon. It's back. Uh, Steelers-Bills on Sunday. The Bills are the biggest favorite of the weekend at 10 points, and I completely agree with that without acknowledging that the Bills are good because I don't, I don't think the Bills are good or consistent, but I, I don't think the Steelers have a chance in the playoffs this year. Uh, you have to. There have been teams with mediocre offenses that have won in the playoffs, but I don't believe, and we'll check the record books, I don't believe a team without an offense has ever won in the playoffs. That's just not something that happens. And then uh, the the uh, big game, of course, Packers-Cowboys. Cowboys seven-and-a-half-point favorites. We were talking to Mike Sveditz about that. It's a lot. It's a lot of points to give uh, on, uh, on, a, on a spread. Uh, JC is back from, from the line. Do we have a winner? The phone lines are closed. We Close have it up. a winner. What, what was the record uh, of that Dolphins-Chiefs game, That JC? was the longest football game in history. 82 minutes and 40 seconds of professional football. That's a long game in the cold. Dolphins got a field goal from Gary Upremian, <laughs> 127-24. Uh, our guy Willie Lanier was at that game playing for the Chiefs, uh, mm. linebacker prior to Richmond. Uh, Freezing we, our butts off out there. Uh, who are we congratulating today? <laughs> Shout out to Randy from Richmond. Yeah. Thanks for it. listening, buddy. He says he loves the show. We appreciate you so much, man. Thank you. Thank you, Randy. Come back next Wednesday uh, for your chance to win fabulous prizes and hotel pin trivia. You never know what we're going to drop by with. Uh, Commander's talk as well. I posed the question at the start of the program. If you could only get one of the three right, general manager, head coach, or quarterback, which one would it be? Because you're, you're dealing with, right, there have been great quarterbacks over time who it doesn't guarantee you a great team. You know, you still got to build around that. You still got to have an operation around it. Look at Justin Herbert in San Diego uh, with the Chargers, with uh, L.A. Chargers, whatever they are now, the Super Chargers. Uh, they, they have a great quarterback. I, I do think Justin Herbert's really good, but they don't have anything else around it. Uh, good coaches can overcome a lot. Good general managers, of course, can feel good teams. I think coach is the answer. Look at Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. Look at Sean McVay. It, with the Rams in L.A., if you have a good coach, you're never out of it. And you know that's my pick, Mike. That's I, why, I want Tomlin. That's why I'm entertaining the Harbaugh idea. Mm-hmm. I get that it goes against everything Josh Harris talked about at his press conference the other day. I also understand that he's a winner, and we haven't had a winner in a long time, and Harris is going to own the team forever. He can come do the cleanup later. Now, our, our buzz this morning, Adam Peters interviewed last night. He's the assistant general manager of the 49ers. He's considered the best candidate of the cycle, and he flew from San Francisco to Miami to meet with Josh Harris yesterday, which I think you can only interpret as a really good sign. Uh, interviews continue today out there at the Josh Harris mansion in Miami Beach. Uh, $32 million mansion. Boy, uh, howdy. 32 doesn't get you what it used to, uh, especially in that, <laughs> in that market. It's not even oceanfront. I mean, I guess you're right. It used to go a lot longer of a way. Yeah, um, I have 32 million doesn't take all that crypto money. You know, yeah. it's 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 kind of it's muddied the waters. I want to know what amenities he has, though. I mean, do we have a theater room inside? Do we of have uh, two pools? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, that's enough for me. A little I'm boat, a boat dock, some jet skis. He's a modest fella. <laughs> Uh, big big <laughs> kitchen, of course. The wine cellar, all that. You gotta have the wine cellar. Oh yeah, of course. I. It, it, this goes back to the self-discipline thing. Like I can't not eat the chips and salsa at a Mexican restaurant. How could I couldn't you have keep, a I couldn't have a wine cellar. How could you keep bottles and bottles there just sitting down there? Nice bottles just sitting there. <laughs> I've been told it's an investment. Mm. It, you know, people. Die. Well, that's not that's not for drinking. That's an investment. That's an investment. They're meant to be collected, and then maybe one day when it's no, 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 no. I see. That's how I feel. Right. I'm it, like, well, maybe one day I'm going to crack this thing open. Nope. It's going to be delicious. Then you've it's ruined your investment. Then you've ruined your investment. Right. Yeah. Can't do it. Can't open them. Well, because the longer the vintage grows, that's that's appreciation of value, correct? Sure. But like, what what are we? We're just buying old wine now to let it sit there and look at it. I I see no point. I don't see the point. It's there to be drank. I think. I do struggle with that. <laughs> that's uh. I don't. That that's why I don't have a wine cellar. I'm just speaking for my speaking for myself. Can't hang on to wine long enough. Couldn't do it. <laughs> Couldn't do it. Uh, I think coach is the answer. I'd rather have a star coach guaranteed than a star general manager or a star quarterback. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, you, you need the pairing. 
Belichick and Brady, right? You need you need the pairing for the, for this thing to really take off. And Josh Harris owns it. He said the ball's in my court. Uh, it appears to be a very nice court with a nice lawn and uh, several several guest bedrooms. But Some palm uh, trees. That, yeah. that doesn't make the decision any easier. You can be a hero if, if you bring this franchise back, uh, but you can uh, you can be a villain just as quickly. Oh yeah, uh, if you don't if you don't land it. No doubt. Wonder what he looks like with a with a curly mustache. Well, we'll <laughs> we hope to never find out. out. We I hope, know. Now they'll do better next year than they did this year. I feel very confident about For that. Sure. Um, but it, but long term, it's a tough division. Cowboys are always going to be competitive. Uh, who knows what's going on with the Eagles? They're allegedly competitive. Uh, the Giants are in a weird spot right now, trying to make their defensive coordinator quit. Uh, weird weird division. At the moment, we got one more segment. We'll bring you on Awad. He was in Fairfax last night for the VCU win. We'll chat it up with him. That on the other side of this, you're listening to 910 The Fan now 105.1 FM. Mike Savetics of Front Page Bets breaks down this week's lines and action in college and pro football. Mike, what's up, dude? What's up, man? How you doing, bud? All right, my take on the the college title game. Was it was it was like it was the most boring close game of of all the title games. I just yeah, never I got mean, excited, but it was it was close the whole time. Well, I mean, if you had money on the under, you were excited. But <laughs> other than that, like, yeah, I mean, that game started where it looked like Michigan was just going to boat race Washington. You know, they had two hundred twenty-seven yards of offense in the first quarter. You know, you're looking at it, you're like, all right, this is, you know, this is a ball game. And then, you know, Washington tightened up on their defense, second quarter, third quarter, um, and made it more of a game. You know, I think Michigan was always going to win this game in my mind. They were always going to win the game. Washington had a chance to make it and keep it competitive, um, especially in the third quarter, late down the stretch there, missing a couple throws. You know, Penix doesn't miss these throws very often, and he did. Um, you know, there was a couple of them. He just missed guys out of the, you know, in, the, in deep crossing routes. There was a couple – I think three come to mind where if he would have connected, it could have been a completely different ball game. And, you know, a guy like Michael Penix Jr. who's been, um, you know, noted for his accuracy and, you know, deep throwing ability just really didn't have a chance to, to show it because, you know, Michigan's defense was all over him. You know, obviously he was injured toward, you know, at the end of the game there. I wonder if that has something to do with it. Obviously the pressure, um, you know, it's just, it was a great game plan by Michigan and they ran the ball very well. Like they, like they always have this year. And, uh, you know, I don't think it was ever going to be where Washington was going to win the game. They could have kept it a lot closer if they would have hit some of those plays, though. Yeah, Penix should have opted out after the Sugar Bowl. Uh, all, all, <laughs> yeah, you, all, all you heard after the Sugar Bowl, right? Oh, NFL guys are idiots. He's a first-round pick. And he maybe yeah. slid back down the board a little bit. I, I don't think it's ever had anything to do with this play. Every time I watch him, he's a ton of fun. Dude's had two ACLs and a shoulder surgery and – he hasn't played a down in the NFL yet. No, not yet. And, and you know, he's playing against Pac-12 t- defenses. And, and, and it's not to take anything away from him because he's he succeeded in the schedule that he's had. But, you know, you give, you give a, a defense like Michigan who's allowing less than 11 points all season long, and during the regular season it was under 10 that they were allowing, number one scoring and total defense in the country – you know, he wasn't seeing that against teams like Washington State or, you know, Arizona. You know, so this is a little bit different. And, and if he wants to play in the league, he's going to have to figure out how to how to be able to take hits, be able to stay stay healthy. And, you know, obviously he, he can throw the ball exceptionally well, um, but it's just going to be one of those things where can he take the beating that an NFL quarterback, um, you know, has to sustain and can he stay healthy. Or figure out how to get drafted into the AFC South. You don't, you don't have to worry about those things. <laughs> all right, wild card weekend in the NFL. Uh, Mike Svetit says it all broken down at frontpagebets.com, of course. You got the Dolphins, who, who are going to play the coldest game in Kansas City history. Uh, the Steelers somehow snuck into this thing. The Bills are 10-point favorites. Uh, and I know we've all got Cowboys-Packers, the Mike McCarthy Bowl circled. What's uh, What are you writing about? What, what are you feeling this week? Yeah, I think, you know, there's there's a lot to be said for home teams, you know, in the playoffs, you know, especially since 2016. I was just crunching some numbers. The the home team just straight up is 48 and 27 since 2016. And so against the spread though, however, Ooh. they're 34 and 41. Oh. So, 
Yeah, so you know the underdog, on, the underdog on the road usually usually plays well against the spread. But you know when you're when you're winning, you know more than half. I guess it's forty eight. Let me, you know, you said there'd be no math here, Phillips. I, don't know <laughs> I, I saw that the steam started coming out of my head. I said, "Whoa, we're we're in a little <laughs> too deep here." That's why we got into sports, buddy. So we don't have to do math. <laughs> but I mean, when you're winning six, you know, the home team straight up is winning sixty four percent of the games. Um, straight up and, and since 2016, but they're, but again, they're, they're under 500, under 50% against the spread. So you look at some of these games, you look at the home teams, you've got what I've got right now. I've got five of the six home teams winning. Um, the only road team I have winning, believe it or not, is not Philly. I've got the Browns beating the Texans, um, and covering the two and a half, but I got Tampa Bay and, and plus two and a half against the Eagles. I think they win that game straight up. Um, you know, the Eagles are reeling. So that's, I guess, my quote-unquote upset pick. The rest of it's pretty much chalky without, you know, I don't think Buffalo covers against Pittsburgh. You know, Mike Tomlin against the spread is phenomenal. His teams play well, especially in the postseason, even though, you know, the success that they've had, again, since 2016, Pittsburgh's 2-4, and four, um, you know, since 2016 in the playoffs. But, you know, Mike Tomlin's going to have something for for those guys in the Bills. You know, I still don't know if they're the team that that – can be beat can you know can win in the first round let alone go all the way to the afc championship and win that so um but i've got i've got everything else straight up chalk except for the uh the bucks beating and upsetting the eagles but um the two teams that i don't think will cover buffalo and dallas i don't think dallas covered against the packers either that's a you know that's so many points right given seven and a half in a playoff game jordan love's been playing well recently uh that that's a different team that was at the start of the year it's funny how with the packers we say like oh that's a different team than it was at the start of the year they're better than their record but nobody says that about the eagles nobody's like that's clearly a worse team than their record like everybody's talking themselves into like well remember that one time when they were awesome like yeah, yeah they'll do surely they'll just flip the switch and do that again it definitely doesn't work like that no, that was two months ago that they were good, right? It was they were ten and what ten and one, and then they lost five of the last six games, limped into the playoffs, figuratively and literally. Like, I mean, this team is not good right now. And and yeah, you know, I know it's it's been a different type of offense than they had last year. Uh, their defense isn't as you know isn't isn't as good. But I tell you what, this there's something about a team that just you know has. It, I'm not saying they quit, but they haven't been. They haven't been playing like the Eagles we've been accustomed to the last two years, and and I just don't know if they have the firepower. Depending on AJ Brown too, as well his injury status, I haven't seen the latest on that. But is this a team? And against the Bucks, who win ugly all year, have won ugly since the creamsicle uniforms, you know, yes. in the seventies and eighties. You know, with Baker Mayfield, they win five out of their last six to win the South and get in. So I mean, and this team's at home. Um, you know, they're, they're banged up as well, but they've got the weapons on offense. If, it's, if they could ever figure out how to get Mike Evans involved consistently along with Chris Godwin in that running game, they would be the most dangerous team in football, but they cannot figure out how to consistently put it together. Maybe the playoffs is it, but against the Eagles team, there's blood in the water. I think, you know, I think the Bucks win at home um, and just, you know, put kind of put the Eagles out of their misery this year. They're scoreboard watching more than they're watching their own score because as the four seed, you could go either way for the next game, right? You could go to San Francisco or Dallas. That right. that feels like a big swing, like getting arrested 49ers team in San Francisco on a short week or mm-hmm. getting getting Dallas you know, it may, may like not that you would win that, but that feels a lot more winnable. It does. You know, but Dallas is undefeated at home this year. You yeah. know, and so it's it's yeah. kind of like, you know, do you want to get Dallas? <laughs> Who, you know, you know, the best team against you know in the in the playoff, and we know how Dallas plays in the playoffs, right? We know it's you know great season, great regular season, and then they forget how to play football when you know the postseason starts. But I, I you know, this Dallas team seems to have some swagger about it, uh, and, and it could set up really well for them. Um, you know, getting that home game um, in the first round and then having the second second round home game. Um, you know, and, and it, we haven't even talked about the Chiefs who haven't played a road foot, road playoff game in like since we've been alive. I don't think and I, might it, might it, still it, not depending on this weekend. Not, correct, and you know they, they're eleven and five straight up since 2016 since that streak started. You know where they played 13 consecutive home games um, and and or home playoff games. Um, you know, and they haven't. You know, they're, they're they're doing well against the spread. They've got a winning record. They're playing well. I think they're eleven and two at home during playoff games in in, in the last couple of years. Not bad. Not a bad mix. The last one they had was when the Bengals beat them in the AFC Championship two years ago. No question. And uh, 
You know, that's uh, th- that's underrated there, that streak of making those AFC title games, winning those playoff games. That's uh, that that's very hard to do. All right, Mike Svetitz, frontpagebets.com. Uh, this has nothing to do with that, but I know you know all the people involved here. Uh, Jameis Winston choosing to score a touchdown on the Atlanta Falcons instead of kneeling on the football is absolutely the greatest moment of the NFL season, Mike. And, and Arthur Arthur Smith's you know reaction <laughs> classic, and you know he gets fired on the bus on the way home. You know what I mean? So it's, yep. it, it's great. But I think you know I, I tweeted about this. I, I, you know, covering football, Michael, and you have too, especially in the NFL. If you can score a hundred, score a hundred, because the other team's trying to do that as well. I mean, there's no gamesmanship. I mean, there's no sportsmanship. This is not even about sportsmanship. This is, and you know, it just happens to be Jameis Winston, who you know, who. who you know, people have their opinions on, on, on if they like him or not. But the fact that, you know, this guy gets in, gets a snap, and says, you know, let's, let's go score, I don't have a problem with that. What I do have a problem with is people trying to somehow make this about poor sportsmanship. It's not. It's the NFL, which is not for long if you keep playing without trying to win. And if you can score those points, you score those points. Now, again, coaching staffs are different, and, and, and everybody, you know, again, at that point in that season, at the end of the year, I think, I think Smith was a little bit – Knew he was on his way out, and was and you know obviously just couldn't couldn't handle getting beat like that. But I have no problem with a team running up the score whatsoever. In college, like you'll get the like Alabama against like little sisters of the poor tech, and like it, it it's not you're not there to run up the score. Like it, it right. isn't actually there is never a mismatch of talent in the NFL because it's the NFL. It, just stop Correct. them. Just stop them. Yeah, if you don't want me to score, stop me. You know, I had a I had a coach tell me that a long time ago. I asked him after the game. It was a high school game. It was Hardy County in Wachula, in Hardy County in Wachula, Florida against Frostproof. Now this goes. I'm taking you back, man. I'm taking you back to the Highlands today in the early 2000s. And Darren Bryant was the coach of Hardy County, and Frostproof ran it up on him. And they onside kicked it. You know, oh. I mean, they just ran it up on. It was one of those like finger in your eye you know, dirt on in the wound and everything. And I asked him, I was like, Darren, I was like, how do you feel about them running? Like, and that's when he said, he goes, Mike, and you know, good old country boys like Mike, if you can score a hundred, score a hundred. Cause I'm damn sure trying to do the same thing. And so, <laughs> Hey, if he didn't get mad and frostproof, frostproof Hardy County, you ain't, you shouldn't get mad in the NFL. Just telling you. That's an, uh, there you go. Get him coaching the Falcons immediately. That's uh, that's that's what we need out there. Uh, Mike Svenitz, frontpagebets.com is the site. Uh, this is, I mean, this is a big few weeks for for the site for the action. We all know the Super Bowl, but uh, playoffs is a big time of year for promotions and offers and all that good stuff too. Yes, sir. Yeah, and, and we've got it all for you as you get in. Obviously, Virginia being a legal betting state, and you know, there's there's so many good offers out there that you can cash in with and and really kind of. You know, have some fun this 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 uh, postseason with the NFL. It's the biggest time of the year. Obviously, the Super Bowl is the most bet event in the world. So coming into that, so yeah, keep it at front page bets and get all your news. And you know, you can fade me if you want, but I did finish sixty two and a half percent straight up this year against the entire field. So we won't talk about my my against the spread. But if you want if you want winners, if you want winners, baby. Come to front page bets. Stone cold lock. I love it. I love it. Mike Svet, <laughs> it's frontpagebets.com. Always appreciate you making some time for us. Thanks, Michael. Talk soon, bud. All right, we're back after this. Uh, more reaction from Fairfax VCU post game uh, from uh, a win, a ten win, first one of the year uh, up there against George Mason. Felt right, felt good. We'll uh, bring you the reaction after this. You're listening to nine ten, the fan, not one zero five one FM. Wrapping things up on a Wednesday morning, AWOD Radio takes over after this. Grant and Danny will drive you home on the fan. Uh, If you missed anything today, grab the free Odyssey app. It's got the rewind button. Tons of fun was had. JC uh, gave his picks for the best restaurants in Richmond. uh, And we uh, we recapped a lot of the VCU game against George Mason. Uh, You heard some post-game sound from our friends Rodney and Robbie up there on Ram Radio. Our guy, Awad, was up there in Fairfax last night. And he, he was soaking it all in. Doc is Doc Nix still there? Doc Nix is still there. Yeah, uh, the the Green Machine, uh, the the Patriot Center, which is now something something Bank something. Uh, but but here's my thing. I'm watching the game on the ESPN Plus on the Plus as I do. Uh, they're advertising for Capital Ale House. Yeah, in Fairfax. There, that's where the J- Mason Coaches Show is. You told me there's a Banditos up there now. 
why is Northern Virginia just stealing our culture? What's well, be- going on here? Because Richmond's cool, right? <laughs> Richmond's cool. All these people are coming from Northern Virginia, moving to Richmond, and they're stealing our ideas and taking it back home to their family. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what's happening. I think we need to build a wall. I- I'm proposing a wall. I think we need... I think Frank we- Maloney tried that. Didn't work out well with the audience. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to make Fairfax pay for it. I had a good time back in Fairfax. I that's, love that, that area. That, that's, that's I really do. I, I love that arena. I was t- we were talking to Zach about this. Zach Joaquin. Imagine if we had a, the Siegel Center was that big with that many seats. I mean, well, that place gets loud, and there was nobody there. There was nobody there. In the you're talking level. acoustically. I a- mean, acoustically, the, the Siegel Center leaves a little something to be desired. Well, not just not acoustic, like the look of it. Like yeah. it just looks like an NBA stadium almost because it goes up and up and up, and it's right on top of you. Right, it's very vertical. Um, the seats and um, you know, you know Maryland, Maryland's got that too at the Xfinity yeah. Center. The end yeah. zone's just straight up. I do love that. Audi Field's got that. Indeed, I love the straight up, um, and I love the second level. Right, that's what I mean. I get it, VCU. You know. We're trying to fill out the the first level yeah, right that's now, but that's the second level is awesome for college hoops, and uh, I, I love that arena. Of course, I graduated high school there. Yeah. I watched a ton of high school hoops there. I mean, that place would rock for like Hayfield against like Braddock regional finals. That place was rocking for those kind of games. I, I love I love that uh, you know we we're exporting our culture up there. That makes me happy that the, pe- the people in Northern Virginia are coming down here. People like you are, are experiencing how great the Richmond life is. I think I think we need a, a few more fans at the Seagull Center before we talk about a second r- level. But I agree with you. It makes it feel like an event when you go into an arena like oh, that. Oh, yeah. And, and there was a point in the game where you heard VCU chants. I mean, because yeah. uh, Ram Nation always travels well. We, yes. we were talking about that before the game. Uh, you know, would VCU fans travel through the rain, through the wind? Uh, shout out to Zach Joaquin, though. His car got broken into, so he does not have one window. Oh, no. So he, he said he swam from Richmond to Fairfax. Oh, no. Because he was driving in that torrential downpour without a window. What? Did, did you he imagine like, doing that? No. Did he, like, board it up? No. He's Zach. What do you think he did? He just <laughs> stuck his wind hand out the window. His, his car legitimately is missing a window. We're missing a window. And he drove in that rain yeah. last night. That's why he said he swam. Because he pretty much did. I'm 20% impressed and 80% I think he's an idiot. Yeah. I, I, I think he's going to need a new car soon. <laughs> well, yeah. His car's going to float away soon. Yeah. It's going to flood. <laughs> it's, it's so we, wild. Which window is it? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't investigate. Because if it's not, if it's driver's side, that's the worst. Because you're getting pelted with the rain right. the whole drive. I kind of hope it was. You're hoping for, for the better story. It's you know? a better story for sure. You're yeah. you're hoping it's like back right. You know, just yeah. something where like it's just messing with your eardrums the yeah. whole way. I mean, everybody was coming in soaked. I, Zach was. I saw Ed McLaughlin had to run to his car. He came back. Looked like he jumped in a pool. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was y- wild. You pulled it off. You were able to do it, and yet. This morning, school started two hours late. Yeah, I don't understand that. I don't understand that. I really that. don't understand that, because I drove two hours back from Northern Virginia to Richmond. Not much traffic, easy drive. Yeah. I mean, why aren't kids at school? I did. Yes, thank you. Preach on. Preach yeah. on. So your kids are were sitting at home for, for two hours. They did the two-hour delay bit. I, I'm, I'm going to brag on myself. Yeah. We're Richmond schools. That's the one district that didn't didn't buy the hype. Oh. We we went on time. So you went on time. Hen- but Hen- if Hen- your kids Henrico, do a two-hour Chesterfield, delay, Hanover, yeah, all two-hour delay. What is your two-hour delay routine? Because like for me, I love the two-hour delay. Sure. Then like, my mom's gonna cook breakfast. We're gonna watch. Uh, you have a late breakfast. Al Roker. Price, yeah. Price is Right comes on. Yeah. yeah, he's a little bluey or something yeah. mixed in there. I as a kid, two-hour delay is the best. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'd take the two-hour delay over the out two hours early. Any, oh, hundred percent. Any day, yeah, yeah, yeah. Any day. Because once you get when you get to school at like ten thirty or eleven, it feels like the day's over. Yeah. Then you have lunch, and then it's like, oh, we got one period before we're out of here. No problem. Oh yeah, it's like next week we got Monday off. Like uh, the week just flies by yeah. after that. No question. Uh, before I hand off the baton to you, do you want to take a swing at the question of the day? Which one would you rather the Commanders be guaranteed to get right? General manager, coach, or quarterback at number two? Quarterback. It, if you can guarantee you land on one of those. Yeah, it's quarterback. It really is. There's not uh, a lot of them. What? Not a lot of quarterbacks no, out there. No, yeah. but the guy that is the man is Caleb Williams. And uh, I've been listening to the Junkies uh, on my way uh, yesterday. I was listening to Grant Danny. And, you know, all, all these people in the industry are having, you know, quarterback evaluators on. 
A lot of people are all in on Caleb. Now, I will say I've heard a lot of really good things about Drake May being per- compared to Josh Allen, and sure. that gets me fired up. Sure. But it's like, you know, I heard a quote that was, Caleb Williams probably would have gone number one overall if Joe Burrow was in this draft. Like, that is how people look at him. I think I think he's 1-1. I think you have to trade up to get him. I yeah. Like, I, uh, for all the talk of, like, maybe they'll take Marvin Harrison, I don't think they're that dumb. Well, here's the thing. The, the Bears are dumb, though. They we are dumb. They're, they're keeping dumb. Eberflus. When there's amazing yeah. head coaches yeah. out there, they're keeping Eberflus. Yeah, oh, no and they're question. they're firing the OC like he was the problem. It, no question. They're dumb. I just... Yeah. I, they're smart enough to somebody will fall in love with him and trade the pick if yeah. if if they want to. All right, we got to step aside. AWOD Radio up next. Grant and Danny drive you home. You know where you are. It's nine ten. The fan now one zero five one FM. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.